Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when we are rubbing ourselves in that space dust, baby. I'm your host, Luke Miani, and that made sense only if you watched the live stream. <laughs> and I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners. The question can't be, what are we talking about? Because if you want to know, you have to watch the pre-show live with us. Uh, attempt yep. to answer them to varying degrees of success and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. Ha! Yeah, we were just uh, we, we just took a moment there to reminisce over the good old days back when uh, Johnny Ive would talk about singular geometries and uh, a, a uniform housing. It starts from molding the camera housing directly out of the aluminium. You know, all of that stuff. The I miss it. Oh yeah, you know what? The other one that was really good uh, was the uh, the trash can Mac Pro. It's actually ironic. I think some of the worst Apple products had some of the best product videos. Huh. But, Interesting. Yeah, I guess the iPhone Seven and the yep. trash can Mac Pro. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The original MacBook Air, phenomenal. Absolute mm. masterclass in launching a product. Remember the Manila envelope ad? That oh, was yeah. iconic. Mm -hmm. But the thing was a piece of garbage. They put the hard drive out of an iPod in it, and Steve Jobs got up on stage and was like, you know, we couldn't... Uh, most normal people wouldn't be able to figure out how to put a hard drive in here, but we figured it out because we've got tens of millions of hard drives from the iPod, and all they have to do there is select an mp3 file and play it but now we put os 10 on that in a whole computer and what could possibly go wrong and we found out yep uh it was that was that was ill-advised in hindsight but they really know how to make a product video I'm trying to find the one for the trash can Mac Pro to show everyone because it's There's so There's a good, good comment here from eUploads who says the worse the product is, the better the ad they need to sell it. Maybe that mm. explains it, right? Interesting. That is quite the, uh, quite the hypothesis. Quite the hypothesis, as they say. I don't think Dude, they say that. Dude, where is this video? I think they say that. I'm pretty sure they say that. I'm not sure about that. Apple.com. All right. I, I really want to find this video because it is so good. Do they even have... Oh, they don't... Ah, nuts. They... Apple, like, deletes videos after, like, some random amount of time. So they still have the iPhone 5S keynote. That is still on their official YouTube channel. Really? But they don't have, yeah, but they don't have, like, they don't have more recent stuff, uh, and they don't have anything older than that. They don't have WWDC 2013, which is where it was revealed, so uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to jump off a bridge. Well, that's too bad, I guess. Uh Beans. I guess we'll never know. But I, I, it was a similar thing. You know, they had a, a Mac Pro housing going through this very futuristic and definitely not real factory. And you're like, gosh, that is a nice looking product. Too bad it sucks ass. Yeah, I remember that was like a big, a big reveal. It's still a cool. Okay, the computer's bad, but like it's still yes. cool. Like, the shape oh, and the, like, yeah. cylinder and all the stuff, like, like the little boards and the, like, whatever. Still cool. You gotta at least... And at I least will give cool. them points. I'll give them style points for that architecture. Because they were like, alright, we got a CPU and we got two GPUs. Put them in a triangle. Put a single heat sink up the middle. Brilliant idea. If they had done it well, which they didn't do because it sucked. But it was a very cool concept. Indeed. Indeed it was. And and people are saying, look on YouTube. Yeah. Where do you think I was looking? What do you think I went on? Yahoo? Da Daily Motion? Vimeo? <laughs> no, of course I'm looking on YouTube. Come on. Give me some credit here. 
It's not on YouTube because the, well, the specific one that I was looking for, I don't even know what it would have been called. Mac Pro 2013. It, let me see if I can filter by upload date. Is there a custom? Ah, oh, geez. They don't have, they don't have that, uh, custom date range you can do on Google. They just have last hour, today, oh, yeah. this week, this month, or this year. That sucks. Guess we'll never see it. Oh well. Oh well. Deeply tragic. But speaking of the Mac Pro, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about the new Mac Pro. Oh yeah. Oh, he's going for it. Oh, oh, there it is. Oh yeah! That's a big boy right there. This right here is my big boy. I paid eight grand for this. Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's heavy. Oh. Ah! I would hope so. If you're paying eight grand, I would. I wouldn't even want to be able to lift it. For eight grand, I shouldn't be able to lift it. Oh yeah, the price per pound on this is definitely, definitely good. But That's let me good. uh. Let's open her up, shall we? Because oh, I, I, yes. I find it so hilarious. The grand reveal. Oh, boy. Sorry, I was half expecting a, a, a cartoon cobweb and, like, a bat to come out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, bring it. What? Bring it up, bring it up to the camera. There we go. Oh, it's so empty. Oh no, Dog. it's so empty. Dog, what, what am I looking at? What? There's nothing in here. This is a oh real product. This isn't no. even like a base model. This is loaded. Dude. Dog. They, they literally took a Mac Studio. That little Mac Pro box in the top left corner is just a Mac mm -hmm. Studio sitting in there, and they just put it in a nice, yep. a big old case with too many fans, and they and they called it a day. My favorite part is that we've got three big ass fans. Two of them are just blowing air in a box. That's the way to. Do that is how I like to spend my money. I just want air whoosh, going right out the back. No cooling. No nothing. That's good. I mean, if you need airflow, you know, like you put you you make your food, it's too hot. Stick it in there for mm -hmm. a minute, let the air go over it, and then you take it out, and, you're, and it's ready to eat. Put your hot pocket in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. You see, that's the, the magic of Apple Silicon, folks. With Intel, everyone was like, oh, I use it as a space heater. Oh, I fry my eggs on it. Nah, this is a refrigerator now. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Look, at the tables have turned, folks. Wow. Oh, yeah. But, Noah, there's, uh, there's something that we missed about this Mac Pro, hence the, hence the name of the episode. Right. You see how I miss? did that? What do we miss? When, so here's the thing about this chassis. I'm gonna move it back here so you can see it. Look okay. at that, big ass, I will say, gorgeously designed. Absolutely the best looking large PC tower, computer tower ever made. It is sure. phenomenally well designed. Except, when they designed this, they designed it with a great many of components that needed to be cooled. So, this guy up here, there's your CPU, right? Your CPU's gonna need cooling, so you got a whole fan for that. These two fans, well, when it came out, you've got MPX modules down here, right? So, your bottom fan, that's your graphics card. Boom, boom, right through it. The whole point of the MPX module was to have uh, a second PCIe slot and then it's all heatsink. No fans, because you're using the front and it just goes whoosh, right through it. You could have some IO cards. You've got some airflow for that. And then you've also got, around this other side, you can see over here, we've got two, three actually. Whoa. There's three little channels here, which is designed to funnel air and actually down here as well. So you've got air channels on the back here and these are for your memory because you've got these uh, these doors here and these are 
These are for your RAM, right? So this thing has been extremely well designed to cool the many components that would have gone into a Mac Pro like this before. But now, now there's nothing in any of those areas. That's nothing. It's the, these are other heat sinks. And oh. you're probably thinking, wait, what? Why are there heat sinks? This is where the RAM used to be. Now there's, there's a storage module here and you can add another one. So at the very least, there's one thing you can upgrade. But why are there heat sinks on this side? It, what's the point of that? Well, the point is when you take a system that exists on a single chip, the CPU, the GPU, the chipset, the neural engine, the memory, it's all on a single square. So when you take that and you put it into a computer that was built to be many separate components, all of a sudden, uh-oh, this heatsink up here, which before was only designed to cool the CPU, well now that's the whole computer. And the long and the short of it is, this thing runs hotter than a Mac Studio. Oh no. Despite being 800 times the size, it runs, I, I, I shouldn't really say hotter, because uh, it's, it's still very adequate. Like, the, the Mac Studio under full load sits at around 65, 70 degrees Celsius. This sits at about 70, 75. So it's only about 5 degrees Celsius more. And it's definitely not so hot that you'd be worried. But it's very ironic that you take a computer this massive and it's less effective at cooling than one that I could just put in there. In fact... Here's a Mac Studio. Oh, good. <laughs> Look at that. There you go. And I could even, uh, I could close the case. <laughs> wow. Not even too thick. Dude, this is such a meme. <laughs> it, you can fit an entire Mac Studio in the empty space in this thing. And the Mac Studio has better cooling. What? That, first of all, really funny. Second, like, you open, you go to open the Mac Pro and there's just a Mac Studio. Like, yeah, you just Dude, imagine, imagine if you showed up to a gig. Like, because the whole box design of the Mac Studio and the Mac Pro has like a carrying handle for if you need to bring it somewhere. Imagine you show up and you, you've got your Mac Pro and you're like, all right, let me just set up real quick. Yeah. Don't need this anymore. <laughs> yeah, throw it, throw it away. Oh, that, that, oh, that giant, no, that's my briefcase. That's all I need. That is a pretty stylish uh, Mac Studio carrying case. It's a little, a little bit too big, yeah. but, but very stylish. People made fun. Of, uh, they made fun of Apple for having a thousand dollar stand. Well, I bought an eight thousand dollar briefcase. Yeah, there you go. See, that's really funny because I feel like the Mac Pro, right? Like when it came out, we already thought that it was kind of dumb because it's like, yeah. insofar as they took the existing Intel one, and they didn't do anything to it. They just took the existing chassis and stuck the new Apple Silicon in there, right? They had such a good opportunity. Like we saw with the Mac Studio, how they took the Mac Mini form factor, just made it a bit taller, and it's this super compact, super sleek, uh, you know, singular form, singular shape, whatever, and, and it's great. And I feel like the Mac Studio, if they had just done a, imagine the Mac Studio with the Mac Pro design language. So a little bit bigger, 
a proper oh, yeah. box with the with the legs and the little carrying handle. If they had done something like that, that would be incredible. But instead, they they reuse this existing thing, which is already like not super great. But then the thermals after that, which we know now that the thing's actually out and that you've gotten to test it. But the fact that the thermals are worse, like it makes sense why they are because the thing is not designed for what Apple put in it. But it's just so funny that it was like, we already thought it was bad or silly when it was announced and now it turns out it's even worse than we thought because of the thermals. Because they put everything in a little corner of this huge box and now there's not enough cooling on it. Or not as much cooling on it as as in other uh, products, other similar, very similar products. Yeah, dog. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, look. In some ways, I do sympathize for not Apple, but for the people that work on the Macs. Because I'm actually working on a video. This is a here's a little preview of my next video that I'm working on, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the absolutely colossal L that the, the original Intel 16-inch MacBook Pro was. Because when that thing came out in 2019, it was like November, and we were like, oh my gosh, Apple fixed the MacBook Pro, finally. And people flocked to it. They paid three, four, five grand. They were like, holy crap, we've got actually usable GPUs. The battery life is better. The cooling is better. The keyboard's better. It, the screen's bigger. It was amazing for about six months. And then the Apple Silicon transition gets announced and everyone was like, oh, well, shit. I just spent $4,000 on the nicest, like, <laughs> the analogy is it's like somebody bought the absolute best steam locomotive in 1958. Yeah. Or or, or you buy, like, the nicest, most expensive Pontiac in 2008. Yeah. And you're like, well, god damn it. <laughs> I wasted my money on the best, worst thing. Ugh. See, I feel that so much because I use the 2019 16-inch as my work laptop. And then... Oh, that- yeah. Yeah, so I still use that every day or every work day, at least. I still use that thing. And... Literally every single one of my coworkers, every single one has an Apple Silicon computer because they started the company after I did. So they all have Apple months, Silicon. Mere months after you did. Yeah, so they started, I guess actually it was like a year, a year plus after I started because I was whatever. But but I had the t- I still have the 2019 16-inch that I use every single workday, and they all have the Apple <laughs> oh, Silicon. No. And I am jealous because the battery life and the and the heating overheating on that 16 inch, ugh, it's 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 rough. Oh yeah, dude. I I'll I'll give away one of the results of my tests, uh, which was I because I'm I'm now I'm, I'm using the 15 inch MacBook Air as a point of comparison because the any anything further up the Apple Silicon t- ladder just dumps on it so hard that it's not even worth talking about like the the your apple silicon 16 inch macbook pro embarrasses every intel mac ever made like they literally just said okay everything else is dog shit now so it's not even worth talking about but i'm comparing the i i spent 3500 bucks on my 16-inch i9 MacBook Pro. The M2 MacBook Air is faster. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. It's absolutely banana town. And the the thing that's so funny is I was doing a Cinebench test, and the scores are almost identical between the base MacBook Air and the most expensive, most powerful Intel MacBook ever made. Hilarious. Even more hilarious is that after doing 30 minutes of Cinebench, the MacBook Air was at 84% battery. What do you think the 16-inch MacBook Pro was at? This was Cinebench for a half an hour? Half an hour of, of 
Cinebench. R23 back to back. Below 50%, right? I think it was 60. 60. Or no, 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 no. I'm wrong. It was 40. It was 40. And I did a test because I also have the 2019 15 inch. So it's got Mm. the same CPUs, but worse cooling. So it scores lower. But that was at 28%. Oh, no. Yeah. After 30 minutes. Yikes. 30 minutes. It's... It's so I mean look we, we can we can pull up eBay right now ebay.com and I will go and we will, and we will survey exactly how obliterated all of us who bought those things were fortunately Noah your employer bought it so that's that's not on you not my problem so if I look up MacBook Pro the best way to do uh search term refinement is to just go down here and do core i9 ninth gen i love that people list a core i9 10th gen when that never was in a macbook so that's fun interesting oh my god six hundred dollars now granted that's the base model but that was uh that was 23.99 yeah Oh, jeez. Oh, These are... This one... Dude, $1,000. This one has the upgraded i9, the upgraded RAM, and I think you still have to pay extra for that SSD. I think so. This, is, this was over... This was like 3400 3500 bucks. It's a grand. Oh, dude, oh my god. These, that's brutal. Let's look at the sold items, because oftentimes the sold ones are even... Oh, oh no! The two terabyte Core i nine sold for nine hundred dollars. Huh. and like it's still a modern, like supported computer. Yeah, it, it does at least. This work. doesn't even have a butterfly keyboard, so it's you can actually type on it and not die. Oh, I can't. That's like, yeah, that's that's the Apple Silicon effect right there. This one even has 64 gigs of RAM. Those were expensive. The two terabyte SSD in 2019 was really, really pricey. Honestly, I'm surprised somebody got two thousand dollars. Oh, this is that that they had the the 5600M. That was like a weird in like the the. It was like March of 2020, they added like that higher graphics option. Mm. So I guess those, for some reason, people pay extra for. But the amount of these that I'm seeing for under $1,000 for devices that were nearly three or more than three grand. This one, dude, look at this. This one has the upgraded i9 and 32 gigs of RAM. This was at least $3,000, 800 yeah. Oh Ugh. my god. What an absolute annihilation. Yeah. Yeah, I I on oh, this one is in bad condition but 400 bucks, 487. Jesus Christ. I actually had thought I I've had multiple occasions where I thought about selling my 15-inch and my 16-inch. And then I look at that and I'm like, dude, it's not even worth selling. Like the amount of money that I would get back is not worth selling it versus just keeping it on a shelf and then being able to shoot B-roll with it or like loan it to a friend if they need a computer. Like it's worth, it's, it's, it's too valueless to even sell in terms of my work. Yeah, it's not it's not even worth the effort of going through all of that. You might as well just keep it on the shelf. And like it, it's a working like it's a it's a decent computer, but just like Apple Silicon completely I mean, yeah, that's 
unfortunate timing, I guess. It's like Apple finally got right. The 2016 right was when they started with the touch bar, whatever, and then they finally got it right. Not that the 16 inch didn't have problems, but like it was obviously the best touch bar generation computer. And then yeah, well, until the I guess the Apple Silicon Mac Pro, if you want to count, or MacBook Pro, if you want to count that. But That's it true. was the best one of that generation, and then Apple Silicon just completely annihilated it. Uh, yeah. No, it's they. It, it the one of the points that I'm going to make for my video is that I feel very bad for the the teams that worked on the Intel 16 inch and the Intel Mac Pro hmm. because. Those were two fantastic computers that if they had come out a year or two earlier would have paid off big time. Like, it, it's just a shame because everyone laughs at the Mac Pro, but that thing in another time would have been one of the best things that Apple ever did. They, fi they fixed it. They brought back all of the upgradability. They had those MPX modules, which were like, really really cool it was a great technology but it didn't like there was no chance for anyone else to develop an mpx module because it was immediately antiquated and then they they removed them out of this one in the mac pro it's like it's just such a shame yeah that's like it's definitely unfortunate timing. I guess for us, it's fortunate that they didn't, like, wait longer to release Apple Silicon. Like, Apple Silicon definitely stepped on the toes of the 16-inch MacBook Pro and the, and the Intel Mac Pro, the 2019 Mac Pro. But, like, I guess it's better for us that Apple didn't wait even longer to do Apple Silicon. But it's very unfortunate for those products and definitely for the people that worked on them. That's a great point to, like release have the big release and then like it gets remembered that's true it is a little bit unfair that they'll be remembered as like not good but it's not their own fault it's just you know what what came after them yeah that's yeah exactly it's there there were great products but they were six months out from apple silicon being announced and it was like oh well we don't care about that anymore like it was such a short-lived time where they were so good, and then they became immediately, like, avoided like the plague. And I, the teams that worked on them were probably... Like, they probably spent hundreds of hours engineering these products, only for it to be pointless and then a joke. Like, the, the Mac Pro especially, right? The, the Mac Pro was kind of made fun of in 2019, and then six months later, it was like, oh... We're not going to buy that. And then ever since the Mac Studio came out last year, the only reason people have talked about the Mac Pro is as a point of comparison to say, wow, look how much better Apple Silicon is. Yeah, and I guess it's kind of funny because like the Intel Mac Pro, I guess lives on insofar as the design, like the chassis is used in mm. the Apple Silicon one. But that's a bad thing. Like, we yeah. spent the first part of this podcast talking about how bad of a decision that was. So it's, like, even worse. It's, like, that Intel Mac Pro, the 2019 Mac Pro, was, like, not very good when it came. Like, it had issues when it came out or whatever. And then, like, Apple Silicon stepped on it. And then Apple Silicon, like, used it in a bad way. Like, yeah, un mm -hmm. unfortunate. Unfortunate. And I, I find this eminently confusing. I just traded in the 2019 16-inch base model for a 15-inch MacBook Air, and it was 605 for the trade-in amount. You're taking a $2,400 product four years later, less than four, three and a half years later, it's worth 600 bucks. That is crazy. And that was unheard of in the Intel days. In some ways, Apple Silicon is actually making max more expensive because it's accelerating their depreciation curve even with the apple silicon machines i've seen m1 pro 16 inch macbook pros somebody here said let me see if i can find this 
Somebody said they bought an M1 Pro 16-inch for 1200 bucks. That's Whoa. a crazy deal. Like a year and a half old and it's half price? Why? That's like, that's really interesting because I can totally see how Apple Silicon would wipe out the value of Intel. Or not wipe yeah. out, but, you know, severely reduce the value of the Intel machines. Uh, but wipe out sounds pretty accurate. Okay, okay. Then we'll, then we'll go with that. <laughs> but, like, the even, like, like, now, I guess we have, what, the M2 series, which is, like, I mean, it is faster than the M1 series, objectively, but, like, it's not that much of a difference to have that level of a price cut. So I wonder if that particular person got a really good deal or if it really is you know a, a a trend yeah that's a good question i mean it's it's weird to think about uh because it, it's something that i think would probably negatively affect us overall if it continues i i do sometimes worry that removing that like strong trade in value that apple products basically had the entire 2010s it definitely i mean it it straight up just makes it harder to upgrade because you used to be able to like i remember when i when i started doing a lot of like buying and selling here on the channel that was like 2017 and then a lot in 2018 so mm -hmm. I guess we'll use 2018 as an example. Uh, in 2018, it was considered a good deal to get a Retina MacBook Pro for under a thousand dollars, and so those were those were five-year-old machines that were twenty-two to twenty-four hundred dollars, and if you got them for nine hundred, you were doing pretty good. That was that was a good deal. The 2015 MacBook Pros, those things. At that point, in 2018, I, I remember selling a a pretty loaded 15-inch MacBook Pro on eBay for $1,900 in 2018. So that was a three-year-old machine that went from $2,500 to $1,900. 600 bucks in three years. Whereas we have these 16-inch MacBook Pros that were even more expensive... $3,200, and now there's 700 in about the same amount of time. That is yeah. truly shocking, and that is going to cost a lot of people a lot of money, or it's going to encourage people to keep their stuff for longer, which isn't a bad thing. But if you do want to upgrade, it's going to be a bit more expensive to do that. That's true, and I'm hoping, like, once people get onto... The Apple Silicon. So I see you pulled up the uh, the prices here. So we'll look at that. But I'm hoping that once people get up onto the Apple Silicon, once they get, you know, if, like the performance graph, Intel, very slow increase, and then it shot mm -hmm. way up for Apple Silicon. And now, you know, it'll still increase probably faster than under Intel, but but not that meteoric rise when the first mm. you know, M1 came out. So hopefully once people can get onto Apple Silicon, you know the 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 uh, resale values will stabilize a bit, but I guess let's take a look at the at the prices here and see. I mean, honestly, you might be you might be actually proving the inverse point with with Intel having such a flat like performance increase curve. You know, I was making videos in 2018, 2019, where like you could get a quad core 2017 macbook pro when those were new and they performed almost exactly the same as a five-year-old unibody machine at the mm. time yeah so there was people felt like if they were buying one of those older machines they were saving a little bit of money getting the same performance and an upgradable ssd and more ports and no butterfly keyboard so people actually thought of these sometimes the 2015s could be more expensive than a used touch bar because of that but now with apple silicon that pace increases and so 
I guess it does make sense in a way because when you when you buy something like uh, I I noticed this incredibly well priced 16 inch base model 16 inch that sold for thirteen hundred dollars, which is almost exactly fifty percent of its original price. Hmm. But when you look at the performance of the M1 Pro, you're getting a little bit more performance than an M2. I, uh, with that, with the full fat M1 Pro, I mean, that's still a very good price, 1381 for that. But the base model M1 Pro 14 inch would outperform this regular M1 Pro. So you can kind of see that the depreciation is sort of fitting in with how the chips all perform. I think I mentioned that the the M2 Max is very similar in performance to the M1 Ultra in some cases. And so you can see the M2 Max coming in at like three grand. You can get an M1 Ultra for like 3,400. It kind of makes sense actually. Yeah, I feel like people, you know, for the people that want to upgrade very often, the people that want to upgrade and sell their old machine, like there are some people who like every year, every other year, they like to get the get the new computer and sell their old one. I'm not like that. I mm-hmm. keep mine for a few years. You're not like that because you keep all the computer or I mean, you sell a couple of them, but but you're not you, you have a lot of computers. That's an understatement, yeah. but we'll just say that you have a lot of computers, yeah. but for those people, I feel like maybe things will be worse now because, you know, as far as resale value, because the pace is increasing, on the one hand, the new computer you get is going to be noticeably better, whereas in the Intel days, maybe that wasn't really the case as much, but you're not going to get as much money. But I will say for the mm. people that, that get their computers and hold on to them for a while, which I feel like is the majority of people, like these oh, yeah. Apple Silicon computers will last longer. So even though the the value depreciates more, like I don't know, they, you still get more time out of them. And I feel like there's a point, there's got to be some point where it like either hits like a bottom or it like I don't know if the depreciation curve is like linear or if it's some sort of like a curve in in some way. But like for oh, a lot it of definitely people, is. right? Like when they when they go to sell it years down the line. You know, maybe then when you do the calculation, it's not as it's not a huge difference like, you know, like we saw with the Intel to Apple Silicon transition. Yeah, I I actually made a, a video way back in like 2019 where I talked about like how, how long is the, the right amount of time to own a MacBook. Mm-hmm. And what I did was and that, and that was uh, that's a video that I can't really do now because it's so up in the air, you know? Back then, you would buy a $2,500 computer. You could keep it for three years. It was worth $1,500, right? You could kind of analyze how how that would track over a couple of years. But now, it's not the case anymore. And I would have thought that the Apple Silicon devices would have held their value better than they did. Uh, but clearly, there is a massive, massive amount of people that are buying new so I think what we're finding now is that there's just not as many people buying used Macs, and that's why the values are lower. Um, and the, the the effects of that, I mean, there's many ways you can look at that. Uh, you can look at that from the standpoint of saying, look, if you want to buy an Apple Silicon Mac, this is a great time to do it because we are now at a point where you can get something used and save a very surprising amount of money and still have pretty much 95% of what makes Apple Silicon so great. Just not the most current in every single way. Um, You could also look at that as saying like, well, if you did buy Apple Silicon, you're probably going to want to hold on to it for a while. Um, I think right now the sweet spot, I don't necessarily have enough data to be able to tell you how the depreciation curve stacks out, but it, it's starting to look a little bit more like a car. So when you buy a car, what you find is in the first year, most cars depreciate about 25%. So if you buy a car and you keep it for a year, you're going to be losing money hand over fist. After about three years, 
if it's if it's like a decent car and not like a BMW, it'll probably be worth about half of its original value, maybe 60% if you buy a Volvo or a Toyota. But the longer you keep it after that point, you know, it's already lost half of its value. It's not going to have again in six years. So it, it starts to, you know, spread the depreciation out a little bit and your overall monthly cost, so to speak, decreases. That's the same here with Apple Silicon. Uh, if you upgrade every year, that's going to cost you an arm and a leg because you're going to, it's going to be a thousand bucks a year you're spending on Max. Do you really want to do that? Probably not. But I would say, there's one thing to be gleaned. Sorry, I'm rambling here about depreciation. This is very boring. But if there's one thing, I would say that right now is an excellent time to be making that Intel to Apple Silicon jump. Because what you can do right now, and this is a this is something that will not last that long. If you did buy a MacBook Pro in 2019 and you're thinking, "Ah, Christ, I really goofed it. I I spent 2800 bucks on this thing that's slower than a base model MacBook Air and now it's worth a third of what I paid for it. This this really blows." Now is a very good time to get out of that hole because I will tell you, it's not going to get shallower. Apple silicon, the prices are going to stay as they are, but your Intel Mac is going to go down. So right now you have a unique capability of selling a 16-inch MacBook Pro for $600 to $1,000. And you can match that investment with another $600 to $1,000 and get a very nice M1 or M2 Pro, you know, the, the 14 or 16-inch MacBook Pros that are still new enough that even if you buy an M1 Pro at a very reasonable discount, you can keep that thing for, oh, easy five years. Easy five years. Unless something absolutely crazy like Apple Silicon 2 comes out, you can keep that shit for five years and you will be a very happy camper. And I think that, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I think that's a, a good sweet spot to be in because you're early enough in the generation that you're not going to buy in at the end and then have a new thing come out. But you're not far enough in that you're going to like get 50 bucks for your $3,000 MacBook. No, I agree. Definitely like, yeah, I'm sure the price of the Intel MacBook, 16-inch uh, MacBook Pros will probably, let me put it this way, they're not going up, right? They're they're, yeah. they're they're not going up. They, they they very well may go down. But I agree. Like if you can get a good value, and it seems like you can get a good value on these like M1 machines. Like given what we have right now, you know the 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 M1 is not that much less powerful than the M2. And I think the M3 might be a little bit bigger of a jump, but it's not here mm -hmm. yet, and we're not exactly sure even when it's coming out, right? Uh, but then the other point that I wanted to make was with the Apple Silicon we're still relatively early in the Apple Silicon transition. And so I wonder yeah. if these, like, uh, these, uh, the, so, so we're seeing that the, that Apple Silicon computers are losing their value or they're not holding their value as well as maybe we thought. But I wonder mm -hmm. if that will stabilize itself after a few years. Cause the way I see it, when the Apple Silicon computers came out, I'm sure a lot of people bought them, new because they were like the new computers but also like for example the 15 inch macbook air just came out and if you want a 15 inch macbook air you basically have to buy it new because it's a new category right there's no 15 inch right. macbook air before the one that just came out and the same thing with a lot of these you know mac studio there was no such thing as a mac studio until it came out and now you're starting to be able to get them used but like for a while right because they haven't even been out for that long and for most of the time they've been you know only new. So I wonder in mm -hmm. a few years, once there's a few generations of these products, maybe things will go back to look a little more like the Intel days, because I think the Intel uh, days, you know, that was for a long time. We had the unibodies, the retinas, the touch bars. That was a, a long period of time. We're at the very beginning of the Apple Silicon relative to that. Give it a while. Wait until the second, whatever the second generation of Apple Silicon is, like from the unibody to the retina, that was a generation shift within Intel, whatever is the next I Apple Silicon, saying. give it some time. And I think things might 
you know, smooth out a little bit as far as like the value of the Apple Silicon computers. That's true. I mean, I think, I think that we're bound to have some smoothing out happening. Just like you said, as you get more generations of these things, like think about the 16 inch, right? Uh, a lot of the values here are relative and right now there's only really one used 16 inch you can get that's the m1 pro if we're talking just about the new generation macbook pro right mm -hmm. so if those are already 1300 bucks they've lost half their value in a year so fast forward a year from now the m2 pro is now the used option the m3 pro is what you're buying the the new price stays pretty much the same but eventually the used prices are going to have to start compacting a little bit because I personally cannot fathom being able to buy an M1 Pro 16-inch MacBook Pro for like $700 a year from now. That's crazy. And so if people aren't willing to sell those for that cheap, let's say they're down to 1000 well then you'd have to pay a little bit more if you want an M2 Pro, maybe 1400 and once you start doing that year over year, where the old ones are still good enough that they're not going to get down that far, and you're just stacking other stuff on top of it, and there you go. You've accumulated enough models that you start to stabilize. Exactly. Yeah, so I exactly, definitely think you're onto something. Exactly. Yep. I am curious to see, you kind of reminded me, when you say next generation, that mm -hmm. is something that I didn't even really compute because you know for the past three years it's all been transition it's been like getting to apple silicon now that you're at apple silicon it's like oh crap where could they possibly go next yeah like the dude the touch bar macbook pro that was a four-year cycle that one was technically a five-year cycle because the the 2019 16 inch was like sort of a half step but before that, I mean, you can go all the way back. 2008 to 2012, there's your unibody. That's four years. 2012 to 2016, there's your retina. That's four years. 2016 to 2020-ish, that's four years. So theoretically, 2026 at the latest is when we should be getting whatever a next generation apple silicon macbook is like what do you change a new design do they go thinner do they do an oled display you know i can't even think about what i would improve upon i almost worry it's going to be like a 2018 ipad situation where it's so good that there's nothing they could do to make it better yeah i kind of agree with that i feel like the i mean okay we haven't gotten that much yet like the m2 MacBook Pros are basically just the M1s with, you know, the new chip in them. And that's pretty typical that they'll do, like, a yearly spec bump. Or they did that a lot in the Intel days, mm -hmm. right? But, like, yeah, what would they even do? I mean, add more ports? I don't feel like it's lacking in ports. The screen yeah. is already so good. Like, it could be an OLED screen, but it's already, like, such a crisp, clear screen yeah, I'm like struggling to think. I mean, I'm sure Apple will think of something, but I could see it being a 2018. They they, yeah, I mean, that's true. It could be a 2018 iPad Pro situation where that thing is just, it was so good that it's still, and even to this day, it's still, I still have zero desire to upgrade. Or I wonder if it could even be like a touch bar situation where they're like, oh, we need to change things. Not, And they're not even like, we need to make things better, but like, Sure, their intent with the Touch Bar Max was to make things better, but I feel like it was almost more of like a, we need to put a new product out that has changes, and then they're like, oh, we'll put mm -hmm. a little screen on there, and we'll uh, make it, like, too thin for its own good, and, like, whatever, whatever. I could see yeah. them I could see them doing something like that with this Mac, where they're like, they don't know what, know. like, real upgrades to do, so they just, like change some things for the sake of it and it ends up i hope that doesn't happen but, but oh know, no i didn't think about that <laughs> what if history repeats itself they're like guess what guys butterfly keyboard two and uh now we have a touch square it's not a bar we took the left palm rest and made it into an ipad mini oh no i hope not 
and the keys have negative uh, travel now. You touch them and they push up on your finger. That sounds horrible. It's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, see, I don't know. They could... They could... I feel like... one. They Maybe if they could make the Macs a little bit thinner. The MacBook Pro is a little bit thinner without compromising on the the you know performance and the and the heat uh uh dissipation whatever i feel like although then it starts to get into macbook air territories maybe they wouldn't do that but like i don't know Mm. what what are they what are they gonna do what do i what do you even want out of a new macbook pro at this point honestly dude there is a part of me that is like is is tech just too good now there's nothing to fix. It all works perfectly well. I honestly think that Vision Pro is the only way that you can really like innovate right now. And I know that that's one of those things that could could sound foolish. Like, do you know in 1906 they wanted to close the patent office because everything had been invented? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were like, well... We got we got horseless carriages. We got you know, trains and stuff. What what there's nothing else, let alone, you know, air conditioning or the radio. No, radio was out. They had telegraph. They're chilling. What more do you need? Yeah. Obviously that didn't age well. Perhaps this is also not going to age well, but I really don't think like what what do I want? Okay, smaller bezels maybe. Maybe get sure. rid of the notch. Sure. I don't really like if it's faster, cool. If the battery life's better, cool. You know, but but that's not like it's not the same type of an upgrade as but like I always think back to the the Retina as the big mm-hmm. one, right? When they put the Retina display on the iPhone, that was a game changer. And when they put the Retina display on the MacBook, People, I mean, ever since it came out on the iPhone, everyone was like, when's it going to come to the MacBook? And then it did. And we were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would I would argue that Mini LED ProMotion XDR was close, but still not quite as, like, monumental. I agree. But now yeah. that we're there, where do you go from that? OLED cool yeah and it's not and even OLED wouldn't be that big of a difference I feel like yeah Apple it 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 makes a lot of sense why Apple you know released not released but like introduced Vision Pro at this point because I do agree with you and maybe it will age poorly and we can look back at this and laugh but I kind of agree that like the like I don't know where the laptop is going to go. I don't even know where the iPad's going to go. The iPad's been stuck since 2018 in my opinion. The the mm-hmm. the laptop might be stuck at Apple Silicon. Maybe there will be, you know, some more good improvements, but even still the iPhone, I feel like I don't know, the past few generations at least have been solid except for the battery life for me. I don't think the battery life is very solid, good, but... but not I think I think the iPhone has been solid for a long time, but not, like, cr- incredible. Like, you think back to the the product jumps. iPhone 3G to 4. Oh, 4S to 5. Oh, six, 5S to 6. Whoa! The, even the 10. Whoa, amazing. We haven't really had, since the iPhone 10, one of those, like, wow. Like, there have been good phones. The iPhone 12 was a was a arguably a super cycle the the 14 was surprisingly good but we haven't had one of those like holy crap this is insane like hype moments for the iphone obviously we're going through that now with the macbook i think we're sort of predicting that the macbook give it another year or two once we're really into this apple silicon it's like really part of everyone's life then we probably will be in that like stuck mode the ipad definitely stuck honestly the thing that i think has a ton of potential 
is weirdly enough, it's the 3D video with Vision Pro. I think that's an underrated feature. And I think it's underrated because it's only able to be captured on the Vision Pro while you're wearing it looking like a doofus. And so it's like, okay, whatever. But when you think about the progression of technology and video and, and media, we tried 3D TVs and movies. It didn't really catch on. Many reasons for that. Number one was just it it didn't gain momentum. Uh, number two was that a lot of the implementations of it were basically fake. Like they would sort of digitally create a couple layers and it would just be like three layers of flat images displayed further apart. Like at home viewing of that never really caught on. But the Vision Pro thing is so natural because it's captured basically straight from your eyes. It's like a real-life screen recording. That, I think, does have potential. As Vision Pro gets more and more widespread, if more and more people have it, if, like, imagine if they do an iPhone with uh, two camera bumps and you hold it like this and you can record 3D video on your phone that you can play back on the Vision Pro. That, that would be very cool. Give it a couple years, it's possible we could be coming to you live in 3D. I'm just saying. That would be pretty cool. I definitely agree. The iPhone has never gotten stuck. We haven't had a big upgrade since the 10. We've had some decent improvements since the 10, but nothing super big. So the iPhone hasn't gotten stuck, but the year-over-year changes are generally pretty incremental i would say at least yeah they're, they're good and i'm happy to have a 14 over like a you know 12 or 11 or especially a 10 but like mm -hmm. you know but the vision pro hasn't even come out yet and there's already dozens of things that we see about it that could be improved you know first and foremost yes. is the battery life and the battery in your pocket with the braided cable and the thing. And, and, you know, other than people saying that it's very heavy, the, you know, some things about the design, whatever. And, and these are, we haven't even, you know, it hasn't come out yet. No, we haven't, you know, gotten to use it, but we can already think of things. And once we have it, I'm sure it'll be cool, but there'll be plenty of things we can see. So it's good that Apple is getting into this. Like, it's a good time for Apple to get into this because as their other products are becoming more and more incremental upgrades, the Vision mm. Pro has the opportunity to have the leapfrog or the big upgrades that we used to get on the current products. That is a very good point. That is a very good point. And I think, I mean, that honestly is one of the most exciting things that I think we could be looking forward to. I know a lot of people think that the Vision Pro is, is goofy or weird, but a lot of people thought that about the very early iterations of the iPhone and the iPad takes a while to catch on. And this is a, 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 a larger hurdle because those were all, if you think about it, really entry-level devices. You know, the iPhone was expensive for a phone, but it wasn't 3,500 bucks in today's dollars. Like that's a very big place to start. So it's a different strategy for them, but I really do think, I really do think that we're gonna start seeing, uh, we're gonna start seeing Vision Pro taking over. I think people are gonna be, maybe not as ubiquitous as iPhones, but iPad levels of adoptions within five years. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a few generations of Vision Pro, they'll be able to resolve a lot of the issues. I feel like once they can resolve the battery life is, I think, the the first hurdle that they have to that they have to deal with, and then if mm -hmm. they can do something about like the, I don't know. I guess part of it is like you know if they can shrink the thing a little bit, make it a little bit less of like a giant thing that you have on your head. That's part of it, but then also part of it is you know over time it just it it, it goes over time, right? Like you see the first few people wearing Vision Pro 
like you know people are gonna put up their YouTube video reviews whatever and then everyone's gonna laugh you know people are gonna laugh at them and say oh that looks so stupid whatever whatever in a few mm-hmm. years when people have been wearing them for a few years then it's like eh right it's like it doesn't yeah. look stupid anymore because you're used to it so we'll you know in a few years the technology will be better and people will be more used to it and and, and both of those will help you know with the adoption it's harder to do with with wearables though like there's plenty of examples of apple products being sort of laughed at for being goofy when they came out and then AirPods. making a ton of sense airpods everyone was like oh yeah i'm gonna look like a douchebag running around with airpods out but now that everyone has airpods it's perfectly normal even the iphone yeah. 5 remember people made fun of how tall the screen was yep like there's been so many of these uh people made fun of the apple watch they they called it the iWatch wrong on purpose because they were like this looks stupid now everyone has them like it's harder to do with the headset, no doubt, but give them a couple generations to slim it down and make it look a bit more natural. I think we're going to get there. I absolutely agree. And I think that we have already gotten to somewhere else. I set you up for that one. I was hoping you would take that. And that That's location that we've arrived at, unfortunately, is the end of this week's episode. Welcome back to everyone who... Uh, missed us past two weeks we've been away because noah's been running around going all sorts of crazy places getting on planes what a crazy guy i know and then i'm gonna do it so we will be on next week and then i'll be away for two more weeks we can maybe we can do the podcast while i'm away but we'll we'll figure that out Uh, it's a tech drought anyway there's nothing to talk about I mean, I mean, it's always exciting. You should subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch my <laughs> bi-weekly content. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of good stuff coming up, I'm sure. No filler. Oh, well, you already know what this is a part of, but the rest of them don't. Oh, that is, that is going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big yeah, one. Right I got a real big video, probably the biggest one of the year that's coming out this month. So... Well, I'll save that for when Noah's away. So if you're bored without dark mode around, you'll have that video. And I think you guys are going to like it a lot. But you're going to like it not as much as my real transition to ending it now, which is this. Uh, And I've been your host, Luke Miani. I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We'll see you uh, next week and have a great night. Nice.